righty. What's going on, guys? This is Chris Jones with Planting Seeds TV, and I am back with another episode. Today, guys, I'm going to be sharing with you guys the lessons that I learned staying in my current apartment. See, guys, I've been in this apartment for six years now. Yep, six years. And I was in this apartment uh, post-college, so in my early 20s, all the way up until now, which I am now in my late 20s. Guys, so throughout that time, I've learned quite a few lessons, right? The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent, right? But throughout this time, it's been a great journey to learn new things. So I wanted to share with you guys the lessons that I've learned, lessons I'm currently still learning, and hopefully you can see this uh, and apply it in your everyday life. And maybe it's something that you've already endured and you can share with us. So please subscribe. Please drop your comments below and, and share with other people. So let's go ahead and dive into this. Let's talk about the lessons that I've learned here in my current apartment. Today is actually the last day I'm going to be staying here and I will be moving out tomorrow. So six years in, here's the things that I've learned. The first one is delay gratification. See, guys, in, in this current time and age, a lot of people um, are into instant gratification, right? Keeping up with the Joneses, I'm sure you've heard that lingo before. Um, people typically want to buy the newest and latest gadgets, right? It's a consumer um, world that we live in. People are full of consuming anything and everything quickly and as fast as they want to get it in, right? So the latest gadgets, the latest materialistic item that's on the shelf, they want to get it. And a lot of people may not have the necessary funds to do so, but if they want it, they buy it. There's no second guessing it. So in this world, guys, it is hard to be something or be different than what everybody else is doing. But that's actually what I did. Um, and I was okay with it. Uh, I just didn't want to keep up with a lifestyle that I couldn't afford. And a lot of people choose to go that route, uh, either to impress other people or to um, look like they have it when they really don't. And more times than not, it's usually because people want to impress other people. See, I was comfortable with who I was. So the first thing I did to delay my gratification is I stayed in this apartment. See, I got a two-bedroom apartment. I had a roommate for the past six years. I've had a couple of roommates. And during that time um, in this apartment, I saved a lot of money, a lot of cash. Because in this apartment, it's just your typical apartment, somewhere around a six out of 10, nothing special, nothing too great about it. As your typical appliances, not you know elegant, the decor is not off the charts, but it was in a safe community. It was 10 minutes from downtown. My room is pretty big and I loved it. I just needed a place where I could cook. I could be close to my job, be close to other activities that were important to me. And then just a place that was safe, of course. And it provided all of that and more. So I've been lucky to be able to be at a place that was cost effective and also had all the amenities that I was looking for outside of it. So location was huge. So being here, I saved quite a bit of cash compared to my peers. Because my peers typically lived in one bedrooms that were high risers downtown or they lived in condos or penthouses. And while they were great, uh, those places, they were awesome to see. Um, I knew that they were living paycheck to paycheck or um, paying a substantial amount. You know, sometimes two to three thousand dollars per month is where they were staying at. And, and nothing is wrong with that, guys, if that's the life that you choose. But if you're going to be living paycheck to paycheck, 
um, you might want to reconsider that lifestyle. While it is great for the for the social media or for people around you and they think that you have it, uh, at the end of the day, is it's better to know you have it than try to prove it to somebody. If you know you got it, you don't really need to prove it to anybody. So my goal was always to get to a certain spot where I could say I have it. And if I want to show it, I can show it. If I don't, then I'm okay with what I have because, you know, I, I enjoy with what I have and I know who I am. Um, so delayed gratification is something I did by, you know, being in a above average to average apartment. Everything in the apartment was about average to above average. See, even the furniture. Um, of course, I want to improve the decor. But, you know, when I got into this apartment, everything that I brought in was quality. Um, but it stayed there for the majority of the six years. I would improve some things here and there or add some things. But majority of the stuff was still from six years ago. And guys, while I wanted to increase and add more value to the home and buy expensive stuff, I just didn't see the need when I had a roommate who may not understand the value of the things that I bring into the house. Or, you know, why not go buy a home that I can put it in and reinvest that money and just keep it there whenever I actually buy a home and put the furniture in it? Um, see, I own two rental properties. And um, while, you know, having these properties, I've realized the importance of having quality in your home, right? It's something I want to add in my home. I want to add quality in my home. See, in my apartment where I was living at the time, it just wasn't as of importance. But as time progresses, yes, that is something I will be um, integrating later in life. Uh, the second thing that I did is that I didn't spend money on things that typical young 20-year-old guys spend on, spend their money on, right? So tables, bottle service, girls, right? All the glitz and glamour of going out. It's fun and games, but the truth is it will keep you broke. <laughs> I was so, um, I should say, financially literate or financially frugal in the sense that um, if we went out, instead of going to buy drinks, I would bring a flask. <laughs> Me and my friends, 22, 23, obviously, you know, first, first job out of college, we're not trying to blow our money. Why not just have a flask? We buy a bottle, bring a flask with us and drink. Now, I did that for a couple of years, and I'm not ashamed to say that. I would still buy drinks in the club here and there. But one, I wasn't a drinker to begin with. Two, I just didn't see the fact that every night you go out, you wake up in the morning, you spend $70, $75 on drinks. That starts adding up if you're going out quite a bit. So I had to realize or find new ways to <laughs> delay that gratification. So that was one way that I did slow down spending or just become more cost effective. Right. Uh, the other thing that I also did was I didn't buy the latest car or buy the latest um, attire. Right. Your Gucci, Louis V, all those things are cool. But I didn't purchase those things in my early 20s to mid 20s. Now that I'm in my later 20s, I might purchase those things. Um, pieces here and there because my income has changed substantially. But in my early 20s to mid 20s, guys, I never even looked at that stuff. While it was cool here and there, I found cost effective ways to look and dress uh, well. You know, appearance is everything, but I always wanted to make my appearance on a cost effective budget. Okay. Um, and then, you know, with having the car, guys, I'm big on Nissan. I've had two Altima, Altimas and they've run great. It's nothing like having a paid off car. The fact that you can have a paid off car and drive around town and not have to pay a monthly note, to me, that is more fulfilling, more 
priceless than having a Audi or a Camaro or a Corvette or anything that is of luxury, maybe a Tesla, whatever you want to classify, a Beamer, Range Rover, than paying a seven to $800 note. And then having to fix it when things go wrong and the cost is substantially high. See, guys, in my early 20s, there was no point. I had a lot of friends that had the latest, the newest car as soon as they graduated from college. That was the first thing that they purchased. Me, I was like, hey, this extra six, seven hundred that I'm not spending, uh, as well as my apartment, I'm stashing this cash and creating compound interest, buying assets, just saving the money on the side, whatever I wanted to do. But it was always repurposing it for something else. There was always a plan behind it. So another thing that I did with delayed gratification is I also had a roommate. Guys, I could have lived in a one bedroom by myself. And actually, I did the first year. I lived in a one bedroom for about half of my first year. And then I ended up moving with my roommate. I saved money there. And I was super happy about that because, again, I cut the amount of money that I was spending per month. And I repurpose that money to something else. And over six years, that adds up, guys. See, people wanted to live on their own in the early 22, 23-year-old years. And, and that's fine. Uh, but at the time, it made sense for me to keep that money and use it for something else as far as my long-term goals. It might work better for you guys. Think about it. See if living on your own is worth the expense. I'm actually going to go live on my own now. And I can't wait. I love being in my own place of comfort, doing my own thing, and everything is normal when I get home. That leads me to my second point. The second point, as far as lessons learned, is realizing that your home should be your peace. Uh, or moving into a one bedroom, um, like I said, I can't wait. I'm excited to be able to be at a place that is comfort, that is something that is of peace. Uh, my first three to four years living in my apartment I currently live in now, it was full of peace, even though I had a roommate. I enjoyed it. We got along really well. It was my best friend. He moved out. I had another uh, friend at the time move in. And that's when I realized that your home has to be your peace. See, when you live with somebody, you get to see a different side of somebody. You don't know how clean they are. You don't know what they uh, feel is important, where you guys stay. You don't know if they're going to even pay timely, right? These are things you can vet out and get an idea of. But you'll really see how somebody's work ethic is or how they operate or they clean or they dirty or they nasty, you know, all those different things you'll notice once you actually start living with them. And when I was living with this particular person the last year to two years, I realized that when I was coming home, I didn't feel at peace. I didn't feel like this was the home that I was so happy to be at as far as my apartment. I would come in here and just kind of be, you know, a little bit irritated or just not, you know, things wouldn't be in sync. Um, and that's when I realized, hey, there are some people that could be wolf in sheep's clothing. They can look the part, they can look great on paper, like they're awesome to be around and that they will, you know, add a piece of value to your life. But in fact, it's the opposite is actually true. Um, they can be something of hindrance. See, I talked about Elevation requires separation. I've talked about four quarters and 100 pennies in my previous episodes on this podcast. And I think that still rings true. Guys, when you live in your home, it is your peace. It is your sanctuary. It is therapeutic to you. So you have to be careful who you bring in to that peace or that realm of space. See, if it can't be peace at home, where can it be peace at? So you have to look twice and make sure that you understand the person that you're going to live with. You know, 
you know, vet them twice, make sure that who you are talking to is actually who they are. And that's something I made an error on. The person I live with was not who they stated they were. And I realized that my space that I had lived in went from a place of creativity and relaxation, therapeutic, to a place of burdensome, um, not being in sync, a place of hostility, a place of arrogance and ego. It wasn't a place that I was comfortable or happy in. And, and guys, like I said, I can't wait to move to my, my next place, my next adventure, which I'll be sharing with you guys later, uh, hopefully in another future podcast. But going into living on my own again, I look forward to it in the new opportunities. So guys, make sure your place where you live is a place of peace. The third thing is going into elevation requires separation, right? Sometimes where you're at in life, you need to be in tunnel vision. See, guys, when I was in my early 20s, I did almost anything and everything you can name. I'm an accountant, did that, check. Um, been a trade school teacher, check. Was working on my master's degree at the same time, check. Was creating a business and doing it during the weekend on the weekends, check. Was a referee for basketball, check. Was a referee for flag football, check. Guys, I mean, I just did a lot of different things. I was always trying to find new ways to make money. And, and just be able to support myself and repurpose, like I've always said in the beginning, repurpose my money for future things, long-term goals that I wanted to accomplish, right? So sometimes when you're elevating, it means cutting people off either permanently, temporarily, just so you can get your mind right. It's okay to say, hey, guys, uh, your closest friends, hey, guys, I love you guys, really cool, but right now I just need to focus on what I need to accomplish in my life. Guys, it's going to be a couple months, a couple weeks, you know, maybe half a year, but I just got to get my stuff in order. And once I'm in order, guys, I'm back to it. We can hang out, go have some drinks, party, whatever it is that we want to do. But right now I got to focus on my craft because I'm trying to get somewhere. And see, real friends will understand what you're saying. And uh, if they're not real, you'll understand. You'll see based on their actions. Right. So I think that when you're elevating be mindful of that. And while I've been here, guys, I've elevated, I've moved up the ladder every single year. See, I started to have less friends as I elevated. Each year, my circle just kept getting smaller and smaller, right? And that was fine for me. At first, it was a little tough, but I think it's me realizing that I had friends for different occasions. And those friends can still be used for those different occasions. But as I've progressed in life, those occasions may not be a priority. Example, maybe going out, right? That's not a priority to me. What is a priority to me? To be around people that have good character, right? Good morals. People that want to increase their lifestyle through creating businesses, create their in increase their income through working for somebody or, you know, want to buy assets. Those people, I'm on that wave of thinking. And I choose to be around those type of people. People that are spiritual. Uh, that love Jesus. I like being around those people too. It improves me all the way around. So, hey, you might be feeling the same way as far as, you know, you're going through a season of less friends. It's completely fine. But what you are is carving out who your real friends are. And that's one something I really realized as time progressed in this apartment. The other thing I realized was the power of networking. See, as you're elevating your professional career, 
you're realizing that uh, being able to, or your ability to, to network with people that are older or younger, that are in the same stratosphere as you trying to improve their daily life and trying to be more in life is so vital. It helps you in so many different ways. For you to know Susie in this arena, for you to know Jason in this arena and what they do and to be able to help them and in return, they can help you. That is a beautiful thing. See, networking, before I moved here, I didn't do enough of. When I talk to my friends, I always tell them that, hey, one area that I wish I would have done more of was networking in college. See, I had friends in college, but I didn't make as many as I think I should have. There was a lot of people that went in and out of my life through college, as a lot of people um, do. You know, people, you just meet a lot of people in college, but I didn't network with them enough, enough so to be able to talk with them post-college. And a lot of them have been on to be, went on to be successful. Some, you know, it didn't work out for them and that's okay. But I do know that the people that were improving their lifestyle were networking with people in their industry, uh, people in their, at their jobs. And that's something I had to learn the hard way. I had to learn how important it was because my mindset was, I'm going to improve me. I'm going to get where I need to go. See, you can go far alone, but you can go farther with people along with you. Because people can share their ideas and thoughts and help you in so many different ways. And I've been lucky to say that, you know, I have mentors and I've been able to have people that just want to help me out to say, you know what? While um, there's no benefit for me, I just want to make sure that I can help you get to the next level. And guys, that is priceless. That is truly priceless. But what you must do and what I've learned as well being here is while you can help somebody, while somebody can help you get ahead, you must also look for a way to help other people get ahead as well. Again, how can you help other people get ahead, be more, and be around like-minded people? So do that. I encourage you to do that. And that's something that I did. The next thing I learned was traveling. That is one thing I really enjoy doing. While my head down and I'm focused and I'm really trying to drive to be more in life, um, traveling has really allowed me to find some place that is therapeutic to get me away from the everyday hustle. See, I didn't know what to spend my money on um, once I was, you know, creating more income on a yearly basis. Throughout time, I started realizing travel is what I want to do. I started realizing that immediately um, after I graduated out of college, probably a year after working um, professionally, I realized, you know what? If I'm going to put my money anywhere outside of buying assets and repurposing it for a greater cause, I'm going to also travel because while traveling is, it can be expensive. I said, why not travel instead of buying the latest car? See, I could buy the latest car and be stuck with four or 500 every month, or I could travel and spend five, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand, depending on where you go, two thousand on traveling. And what are the benefits of traveling? Well, here are the things that I learned from traveling. One is you learn about culture. Guys, I've traveled all across uh, the world. I, I've been South America. I've been to the islands. I've been all across North America. Um, you name it, guys, I've been, I've been there for the most part. I haven't been into Europe. So if you guys have any places you recommend in Europe, loop me in, guys. But I will say I've traveled a lot, and I've really been able to enjoy what different cultures are like. See, every culture is different. The food is different. The ambiance is different. The vibe is different. And I love that because I get to be around different people and see the way that they move and, and the way that they act. And to me, I've, I've just learned so much from being around different cultures. And I appreciate all the different cultures that I've learned. 
See, I wasn't well-versed in some different cultures that, you know, may not be of my background or what I'm accustomed to being around. So when I got a chance to be around it, I was like, wow, they value this. They value that. They eat this. They eat that. Um, this is how they talk. Wow, this is great. This is awesome. The other thing that I've learned to um, experience through traveling is the importance of knowledge over materialistic objects. See, I value more knowledge and experience over materialistic objects. The, the experiences and the knowledge that I've gained from traveling, it, it's no, materialistic things don't even hold water to the experiences that I've had. They're not even close, they're not even on the same level. And I've had some materialistic things, some of the latest gadgets, things like that. While I do get a, a high of it, it's a temporary high. See, when I'm traveling, it's like a forever high. Like when I talk about the places I've traveled, I get, I get immediate burst of energy. Like, oh my gosh, Costa Rica was amazing. I, oh, Hawaii, it was awesome. Puerto Rico was awesome. You know, so on and so forth. Dominican Republic, like I love all these places. The culture, I remember these experiences when I went on excursions here. I can, I can tell you about these different times and I have these pictures to show you. And I just get, you know, so uh, full of life when I'm talking about these things, guys. And on top of that, I, I keep um, different souvenirs for the places I've went. And I think that's awesome to be able to share the story behind the souvenirs. So traveling has been able to expand my knowledge, my experiences, and just made me realize what is more important. And materialistic objects come and go. They depreciate as well. But the, the experiences and the memories that you get, they last a lifetime. They truly, truly last a lifetime, guys. I've talked about traveling or experiences I've had six years ago being on a flight somewhere. And it still never gets old. It never gets old. And I enjoy doing it, but not just me, but people that are close to me, whether it be I'm in a relationship with somebody, family, friends, it makes it even better because I get to be with people that I really love and truly like being around. So I encourage you guys to do the same. If you don't travel, try to travel, get your passport, go out there and do it. But make sure that you do it within your financial means, guys. But it is totally worth it. Um, and then, of course, the last thing I've learned through traveling is the importance of appreciating and being grateful for everything you have. See, when you go to different countries and you go to different cultures, you realize that they don't have the same things that you have been grateful to have in America. That's just the truth. If it doesn't make you appreciate what you have, then I'm sorry, I, I don't, I cannot understand. I just can't get that. But every time I would go to these places, it always made me realize like, I keep complaining about this problem, this problem. These are like first world problems, man. I don't wanna hear that. You know, I'm realizing, telling myself that. I don't, that's too many excuses. You see these people over here don't have running water. You see these people over here where they're living and how they're living. And, um, you know, just the opportunity that's available for them. It's very limited. And it makes sense why people want to come to America and have um, the opportunity to go do something and make something of their life. So me being able to see these different uh, cultures and how they live life and just also see the happiness on their face, even though they're in a place or a condition that is not the greatest, it made me realize you should appreciate every single moment that you have in life. Don't take it for granted. Try to live it to the best of your ability. Okay? Let's move on. Next thing I learned was how to be financially literate. Man, shout out to Dave Ramsey. More importantly, shout out to Mr. Roger J. 
See, guys, that was uh, somebody I actually worked with. It was my first job out of college, um, and he was my coworker. And the greatest thing that he ever did that put me on the road to financial independence was he said, you know, it's been on my heart. I've been praying. It's been on my heart to um, give you um, I'm going to pay for a course, basically. And it's going to be through Dave Ramsey. At the time, I knew who Dave Ram- I knew who he was, but I wasn't well versed in his ideology or the way that he shares about getting financial independence. Long story short, guys, I ended up going to take that course at a church. I forget how long the course was, but it financially changed my life. It structured me in a different way and it allowed me to go towards a goal. Beeline right towards that goal. I set myself up with a budget and I was going and I have not looked back, guys. That started in 2015. And um, I can say that it's 2021 and my life has has definitely increased for the better because of what he did. Allowing me, you know, a course that he paid for for me to to um, to go there. It definitely changed me for the better. And uh, the Dave Ramsey plan works, guys. I definitely believe that it works. As I've increased in my knowledge of financial literacy, I do change my philosophy on some things um, because I'm a little bit more um, intermediate to advance on understanding financial um, topics. Um, But as a beginner, I think Dave Ramsey is a great start, guys. Get your mind right. And that's exactly what I did as soon as I got into that course. And that is something I learned throughout my time and living here in my apartment. I just kept getting more information after more information. Um, the next thing I did that I learned was paying off my debt. But student loans, psh, out of here. I had to get them out really quick. And I was so happy that I paid off that debt. I didn't have to worry about it anymore. It was like a sense of relief. I hate having debt. I hate uh, paying for stuff. Now, I do have debt in different ways, right? You could talk about good debt, bad debt. You talk about getting homes. Yeah, it's a mortgage, but in my opinion, it's good debt. Um, but the debt of student loans or, you know, you know, latest car or credit cards or anything that, you know, things that are just wants. I mean, you could say student loan debt could be you could consider definitely good debt. Um, but some other things like credit cards that you're buying, the latest stuff or just trying to keep up with people. Um, that isn't necessarily debt that you want to have lingering around. So I learned that those things I stayed away from. I didn't want, if I couldn't pay for it cash and I couldn't afford it and it didn't make me, you know, worry about living paycheck to paycheck or worry about my next check coming in, I wouldn't even mess with it. I was very financially stable and frugal and understanding what worked for me and what didn't. Um, buying assets is another thing I learned. Like I said before, I own two properties. Um, and I just continue to look for things where I could buy more assets. You know, I own a business as well. Um, so, you know, I'm always looking for other opportunities, whether it be buy another business, buy land. Um, I've gotten into stocks. Uh, and one of the best things I did was right whenever I got my job working uh, where I work, we have a pension. So I'm fortunate enough to be in that pension. I started a 401k. I have a Roth, 401, a Roth IRA. I'm sorry. Uh, I also have a solo 401k. Um what else do I have? Uh, I'm in the stock market with a lot of index funds that I purchased. I also have individual stocks. So guys, I've kind of been well-versed to be a diversified portfolio, pretty, pretty much across the board um, with everything that I'm into. And uh, I've been lucky enough to really understand what financial literacy is really all about. Find the assets and, and, and figure out what works for you. 
right? Whether it be real estate, whether it's buying a business, right? Getting into stocks and bonds or crypto, Forex, whatever it is for you, figure it out and, and put your money, again, repurposing it towards that. See, when you're financially literate, guys, you understand your income, you understand your expenses. The, the moment you can really get that budget down, and you can find out, hey, I have an extra three, four hundred dollars here every month. Where can I put that three to four hundred dollars? Well, I can prepare to, you know, pay for a new car because I know my car is on its last wheels. I can put this towards more stocks. I can put this towards, you know, investment back into my business. Or this could be my fund towards, you know, traveling. Or this could be my fund towards buying another business, just a starter fund, whatever the case may be, or just a slush fund where it could be used for multiple purposes. But guys, I would highly recommend that you get a budget, understand your income and your expenses, understand that having an emergency fund is essential. As you can see via COVID, it's so essential, guys. So I learned, hey, understand your budget, understand your, what are assets and get into those assets and then create compound interest, guys. That is the eighth wonder of the, uh, the, eighth wonder of the world. Do it. Over time, you'll see that money is being made on top of money and you're not doing anything. It's just letting the money do its work. See, a lot of people are fearful of, of putting their money in stocks or anything that makes compound interest, but you got to take risks, guys. There's nothing wrong with taking approach of doing the index funds. A lot of people want to buy individual um, stocks or individual things like that, but you know it may not be necessarily the best route, Okay. I think index funds is a simple route, not sexy, but it's going to give you the rate of return you're looking for year after year, and it always increases. It's always steadily increasing. Your rate of returns, 5 to 10%, somewhere between there. Experts say different things, um, depending on who you ask. But at least you're creating money on top of money. That's the purpose. The younger you do it, the better you all are. Best time to start is now. But hey, financial literacy has been great um, as far as the things that I've learned, and I hope you guys do the same. Next thing I learned is how to focus on my purpose and build my own. Focus on my purpose and build my own. And when I say that, I learned to build my own table. How did I build my own table? I built my business. See, when I was working for somebody else, it was hard because you had to figure out how you're going to increase your salary. It wasn't guaranteed every year. Neither is owning a business, but I know that it was in my hands more so than somebody else's hands. And that's what I really liked, guys, being able to build my own table. See, I would pull up to somebody else's table working for somebody. That's the analogy we're using. So pulling up to somebody else's table, I'm sitting there asking for a handout, asking for extras. Hey, I'm here at your table. Can I have more? Can I have more? And they're at the front of the table, at the throne of the table, making those decisions. Wasn't for me, guys. That was not the route that I wanted to go. I said, it's better, it's, better, it's better for me to build my table. And while that table has started off really small, it keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. And it's adding more people to sit at my table. And I get to distribute what people deserve, right? It's a different feeling. I also get to determine how much I feel I'm worth. And what the company should do or shouldn't do, I get to make those decisions. Is it harder? Yes. Is it worth it? Definitely. Definitely worth it. And that's something that I've learned by being in this apartment, how to build my own business. It is so hard, guys, but it's something that is so much worth it. Now, the other thing is I've also had to learn my purpose, right? See, before I started my business, I almost went to Vegas where my best friend lived to build his business. 
And I'm so glad I didn't do that. I, I was so close that I was looking into apartments. I almost bought my ticket and I said, you know what, let me sleep on it and think about it to the morning before I purchased my ticket to move out there. And I didn't. I did not do that. And I'm so happy I did it in hindsight. But see, following your purpose and what works for you is the best thing that you can do, no matter if you succeed or fail. Figure out what your purpose is and go after it. And really, you can't fail if you focus on what your purpose is and what you drive, what you're driving towards. And that's what I started doing. And by creating a business, see, the things that I learned was you got to be resilient. You got to stay resilient. You also got to be consistent and disciplined because within a business, it knocks you down so many times. There's so many times I thought about, I can't do this no more, man. <laughs> this ain't working, man. Or I'm not sure if we're going to be able to make it through this. I mean, COVID definitely showed people like, can you make it through this? Can you winter the storm? COVID really let me know that I can be able to go through something, adversity, and then come out on top. See, COVID allowed me to expand faster on a quicker level. It really improved my visit, improved my business substantially. But even before COVID, there were things that I was going through, ups and downs, that it made you question, is this really for me? But you gotta be resilient. And that's what I realized. You keep fighting. Until you get knocked down permanently, you keep getting up and you keep going after. And that's something that I was hell-bent on. Like, I'm going to keep going after this. I'm going to keep pushing towards what I want to do. And I learned how to create systems. Man, I tell you, before I did not know anything about creating any systems. I just followed an SOP for my job, and that's what it was. But now I have to actually create the SOP. I have to instruct people on what is our goal here. I had to learn how to create a culture for the company, how to be a leader for my company. See, I had to integrate all those different things. I didn't know what it was like to really truly be a leader. But now people are looking at me for how to get paid. They're looking at me for any questions they have. They're looking at me for what we should do when situations don't go right. How do you resolve this, Chris, problem resolution? How do I get people to buy into the product that I'm selling and the things that I'm doing? How do I get clients to really enjoy what we are servicing to the community? See, there's th these are things I had to ask my, myself. And going from my early 20s to my late 20s, my philosophy on these things, they've changed substantially, guys. I've realized the things that I think are super important to make a business grow. But if you ask me in my early 20s, I may have said, I don't know if that's really that important. But now I really do believe a lot of these things are important to really take you to the next level. And being in this apartment, I went through all these different ups and downs of, of being a business owner. And it really made me stronger. So strong, in fact, that you know, I'm thinking always long term. How can I get to the next step? How can I learn more from others? I'm always on the hunt to find mentors. And that's what I've done because I know that while I'm still increasing, I know that there's going to be another storm. How do you respond? You keep going. All right. I keep going up. I get knocked down a little bit. I keep going up, keep getting knocked down a little bit. See, people think owning a business is just like this. It's never just like this. It's like this and down and back up. And then you get too high. And then because you're getting too high and feeling yourself too much, you go down low. And then it's just an up and down cycle. Sometimes you go back. Then you go really forward. You never really know how it's going to turn out. But you do know if you stay on your purpose, you stay driven, that there's an opportunity available. And I'm always trying to take advantage of those opportunities.
So, guys, again, I share with you guys some of the things that I've learned in this apartment. Um, again, delayed gratification. Your home should be your peace. Elevation requires separation. The importance of traveling. How to be financially literate and how to focus on your purpose, and then how to build a business, AKA build your own table. Well guys, I hope you enjoyed all the content I just shared with you. I hope you can apply it in your everyday life. If you haven't done already, please hit the subscribe button, um, share this video with others, and of course, comment your thoughts below. I really wanna know what you guys think about what I've said and how you guys have applied it in your life. And if you've actually been through some of the things that I'm sharing with you today, other than that, guys, I want to also let you guys know to remember to learn, to grow, to prosper. And I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.